So my audio recordings now do this wacky fun thing where 10% of the time, maybe even less, but, but very rarely, it will record as if I'm coming out through like a, a wireless radio from mm. World War II. No yeah. reason for it whatsoever. Nothing changes about the software, about the hardware, about anything. And I don't know until the recording's done. Now, usually I record in segments, so it's okay. Um, but I'm dreading one day doing a whole podcast and not finding out until after the hour and change that I'm sounding like, hello, coming through to you on the wireless. We're beating back the Hun. I, I've had that happen before. Um, I, I'm sure I maybe have mentioned this on the podcast at some point. Do you remember that spoiler cast we did for, I think it was uh, The Beginner's Guide? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, like half of that, my voice was just coming through like I was talking through a transistor radio, and I don't know why. I recorded half of my my talk from that spoiler cast in post. I just listened to what I said and then re-recorded it with the mic not broken and was like, no one will know, it's fine. That was amazing. That was amazing when you were able to stitch <laughs> that back in. That was great. It's, I wouldn't go that, that far. I would just get very annoyed and be like, right, they're getting it like that. Fuck it. Fuck technology. <laughs> Fuck video games. Fuck my job. Everything's bad. This was back when, like, doing podcasts was, like, 99% of what my job was. So I was like, ah, it's fine. I can, I, I can redo that. Yeah. You know, I wish I, I wish I had some, like, you would think Mr. Music over here would know what that was and how to fix it. But unfortunately, I'm... I've never encountered that. It's like my first, like, I presume you, you changed all your cables and stuff and tried all that and like... Nothing changes, like, like nothing changes from the working version to the not working version. It's all the same, but just sometimes it... And my fucking um, lapel mic and the, and the audio box for it is supposed to be like the top rated and it makes a weird whistling noise that I have to edit out. I don't, I, and I, I know you said that Mr. Music Man over there should know about these things, but one thing I've learned working with audio in my capacity is the more you work with audio, the less you know, because you just get more and more confused by the baffling technology and the bizarre way in which things can go wrong. Well, here's something funny that happened to me last week. When I was recording vocals for my Sekiro song, there was this ringing all coming through all my performance and I couldn't figure out why my recordings were full of this ringing so I had to search the room and eventually I found that removing my banjo from the room <laughs> stopped <laughs> stopped the vocals from ringing <laughs> bloody hell so it, 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 it could be like anything do you know what I yeah. mean you, you were just resonating at the right pitch for a banjo probably made one of one of the strings just go wang. whatever position the banjo was leaning against the table oh. it was just resonating all over the room it's wild yeah. sound sound waves are fascinating i mm. i went to a music venue at the weekend that had like a really loud bass in it and most the the bass was balanced perfectly fine for most of the venue but there was this one little archway where if you went in there you could put a full bottle of water down on a table and it would like bounce off the table because of the bass wow jeff lynn my musical hero um guy who was the front guy and pretty much the everything for the electric light orchestra has his or at it's least the guy a, from Ello. from Ello, yeah Ello, Ello, Ello. he has his entire house wired for sound because of how different environments affect things um at one point he had microphones jammed into his fucking kitchen cupboards because if he wanted that particular sound, you know, he could open up his cupboards and get it recorded. That's a little bit how Steve Albini works as well. He'll set up microphones in like stair stairwells and like bathrooms and audio is fascinating. You. It's a yeah. fascinating. I hate it. I hate it with every core of my being. Um, but but it is fascinating. Someone recommend me a good mic that's easy to use, but also not like a baby's microphone. Yeah, preferably something I could like. Edit while I go in an audio editor on my computer. I don't know if that's possible without like a USB baby microphone, but because I like to edit as I go, I don't like to record everything and then go back. I'll do like a paragraph or so on my script and then go back because otherwise it bothers me. I don't know of any really good uh, USB mics, to be honest. They're, they're probably out there, but uh, um, 
if if you did want to get a small audio interface, it's very simple to hook up. Like that literally goes from USB to your PC. And then if you could plug in like an XLR, like I use a Shure SM7B, which is it's it's basically the industry standard and you can't go wrong with it, you know? My setup is one of those. I have like a cheap XLR mic into a Behringer board and it's like I don't know what I did wrong, but something something's something's not great about it. I want I want good mic. Right. Someone on the subreddit, right? The Jim Sterling, the unofficial Jim Sterling subreddit, which I say unofficial for my own protection, even though I post there all the time, usually <laughs> just to shout at someone who criticised me a tiny bit. Um, <laughs> um, someone on there, because I'll actually read the comments there. Just tell me literally exactly what to buy and I'll buy it. Money's not the object, it's pure ignorance and fear of technology that has ever stopped me from making any upgrades to my stuff. <laughs> I do make upgrades here and there, but it's usually within a track where there's only going to be so far you can go, but that's because of my limited grasp. So if someone just tells me literally exactly for the needs I've specified what to buy... Without even looking at reviews, I'll actually, no, I'll, I'll look at reviews because then someone will recommend me a fucking Logitech webcam <laughs> with a microphone built in and I'll just buy it. Someone just tell me what to get to make my sound good, but also record it the way I like because I like to stay well within my comfort zone. Yeah, I couldn't understand what you meant when you were saying you wanted to edit as you go along. Yeah, yeah, I, I probably didn't explain that well. I was typing on my phone and... and that sounds to me more like a software thing than a microphone thing. I figured it might be. Like, if you can just get the microphone, like, if you get the recording done, because I use WavePad because I've used it since, like, the year 2000. Yeah. And therefore, I, I know it because this is how I fucking live my life. I don't change things in 20 years, almost 20 years, because that's just what I've done. I've used Cubase since 1998, so, you know. Oh, there we go. Um, it's never really steered me wrong. Like, it's not feature-rich, but it gets the job done. That's all I want. But what I do is, like, I'll record a bit. If I'm doing a Jimquisition script, I'll record, like, a page and then stop recording. And while I'm there, like, as I've recorded it, I can see the file. So then I just go back, take out any breaths I find excessive, take out any flubs, and then get to the end of that bit of uh, recording, and then in, in the file, the very same file, I'll hit record again and just continue it. And that's how I like to do it. Um, but this is we don't need to start off the whole Jimquisition with the making of the Jimquisition, which would be a great documentary. What I don't understand is what's, what uh, part of your methodology is the one you want to fix about that. Oh, I want my audio to sound way better. Oh, right. <laughs> but I've assumed that if you're doing it with like proper professional soundboards and shit, that's self-contained, and then I'd have to take the file. No. Right. Not necessarily, Okay, because no. that's what I'm looking for. It's something I can do the way I want to do it, but also sound good. Yeah, like the, the one I've got is literally just a soundboard that plugs in at USB, and then I record it the way I would in Audacity... The same way I would if it was a fucking Blue Yeti or something. Okay. Well, in that case, there's probably literally no problem on my end outside of ignorance of what is a good bit of product to buy. I don't know what any of the dials on my soundboard do, but if I did want to edit those dials in real time, I could. Right. Yeah, so hopefully... What, we shouldn't be dedicating 10 minutes to me asking for a fucking <laughs> product like... advice. We shouldn't, be, we shouldn't be doing that, A, when we started recording half an hour early because of me, and B, just like, surely we've got games to talk. We can talk There's about literally anything. Games. I mean, I'll say this, it's yeah. a step up from us complaining about Twitter. Well, no. I, I guess... Me I'm... saying, please help me do my job good. Please, <laughs> outsiders, help me be competent. Surely, if we were going to ask this, we should have asked it 229 episodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a lot I should have done years ago to make my work actually good. God, we've, how have we done this four years and we're suddenly like, oh yeah, we probably should, you know, not record through a potato. Yeah. I go through this. I'm like, I, I'm happily working away on something for years and it's fine. I don't really get complaints. But then I'll get a hair up my ass like at 11 o'clock at night thinking this is the worst looking and sounding thing that's ever been put on the internet. Time to fix it. And then I'll fix an aspect of it. 
and then be fine with that for years until, you know, we're another 200-odd episodes in, and I'm like, shit. Shit. I made a terrible mistake. Anyway, that's 10 minutes of great discussion um, that I'm sure everybody loved. You better do. Otherwise, I'll do it again. This is the this is the bit where you hear us as humans before we become, you know, we play video games. It's a nice pattern. It's a nice pattern. Yeah. People tune in, they get eased in with some complete tangential bollocks, and then we begrudgingly bring up video games. <laughs> I've I've got some 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 video game bollocks that I can bring up because, uh, you know, our last week we're doing that whole sh- conversation about you know. You know that Star Wars game, Jedi, Fallen Order, it's it's going to be great. EA's going really hard on, like, it's not going to have any... It's, it can't be a single-player game and nothing else. Well, I, I I was cynical from the fucking off because EA's involved. I, 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 I will be truly shocked if that turned out to be bullshit. Um, we don't know for certain if it's bullshit or, if so, how much bullshit it is. But this week we did see the PSN page for the game go up, and on that page it did say... The game contains optional online play, which I I don't know what that means. Maybe it just means you'll see other players' names show up in like a hall of fallen Jedi or something. Yeah, it could be that. Like, and it's most benign. It could be like the Just Cause leaderboard thing, where there are like different challenges you can do. My my gut says they've gone too hard all in on this is a single player only game for it to be much more than that. But it's mm, it's interesting optics that they're keeping very quiet about, like, oh yeah, there is optional online play. What? Maybe they're not entirely sure yet. Well, yeah, it's EA. Everyone's waiting for the catch. They're they're looking yeah. for the, you know, the the get out clause that EA's put in somewhere. They're waiting for something to happen, some little side scam, side hustle from EA here. Does this game have a, a release date? It's meant to be late this year. Does it have a date? I can't remember if it. Let me let me do a Google. Okay, so the chances are then it's that they do know what the game is going to be like. It's not a, a case. One would they, hope they haven't worked out the multiplayer component yet. I mean, they didn't know what Anthem was going to be like until the week it came out. So who knows what's going on? I don't think they still. I still don't think they know what that game's supposed to be like. Well, I've heard. I saw on Twitter. I didn't. I haven't looked into it yet at the time of recording. But I saw on Twitter people talking about. I think Forbes did an article about how updates are not coming out as planned. Like the roadmap's been halted, and people are still complaining about things that are not addressed. Like. Not necessarily ha- them having fully abandoned it, but certainly uh, they've they've stopped being as gung ho about involving like development in it and 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 that what, like what they were at that? the beginning. Anthem. Oh, um, Anthem. Apparently, yeah. things are slowing down on that particular live service. They 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 did they did announce. Um, I think it was today that they are shifting some of their development resources away from the planned roadmap of <laughs> that content game's fucked. and towards uh, bug fixing and making the game not broken. See, this is the fucking problem with your live services. You rush out the fucking games to hit the release dates, promising that there will actually be content months from now after you've bought the game, and then they're too busy fixing the bugs because they rushed it when they could have just taken, you know, more time, or in Bioware's case, had some fucking direction to begin with, and and worked on actual content so that, that there would be something to play when the game came out, rather than people having to buy games on a promise now. Like, when you pre-order a game, you're not even pre-ordering a game. You're pre-ordering a pre-order for the content in the game. Yeah. You know, if, if, if you told me two years ago that uh, the Bethesda and Bioware games that came out in a year were games that I would play for less than a day and then never touch again, I'd have laughed in your face. Yeah, same. Yeah. Well, one thing I've noticed as well this generation, not just the downfall of companies like that, but uh, ain't been a new Bioshock this gen. There've been remasters, but yeah. no, imagine that. This generation is almost wrapped up and there's no Bioshock. And there's definitely interest in it. Like, I went and got a tattoo at the weekend, and there's a, there's the, the the guy who works in the tattoo place who knows I talk about video games on the internet. That was his big question this time, was like, why hasn't there been a Bioshock in ages? Do you know when they're doing a Bioshock? It's like, it, the time is definitely there that, like, people are asking about it. There's money in it, but there's no all of the money in it without them severely 
perverting what Bioshock is. If not a Bioshock, at least something of that genre and style. There hasn't been uh, anything. Yeah. Like an exploratory shooter type. Uh... Outside of um, first party stuff, really. Yeah. Um, like, I'm, I'm going to go through and look at some of the newer IP last generation that has just been ignored this generation because, because they couldn't monetize it. I mean, obviously no new Dead Space. Um, Deus Ex. Deus Ex. There was no new... Um... Mankind Divided, that was this gen, wasn't it? It didn't didn't uh very gym voice it didn't meet expectations <laughs> yeah it was below expectations um we had one mirror's edge but that was yeah. the new one was a mangled open world piece of shit it was very uh very, i tried replaying that recently i was like maybe it's not as uh, boring as you remember but it, yeah it was pretty boring yeah just a lot of strong um well-regarded relatively powerful ip has just been gleefully ignored by publishers this generation in favour of whatever they could turn into a live service. And it really is. When you think about how big Bioshock as a name is and how they've done nothing outside of a re-release for, for the old ones, it just tells you where the priorities of this fucking industry are. And it ain't with good games. Given the way some of our favourite developers have gone recently, maybe it's a uh, blessing in disguise that we got I mean, no, that's the thing. no Bioshock yeah. game in the last few years. Bioshock may have proven somewhat incorruptible um, in terms of trying to make it fit the live service mould without it, you know, absolutely tanking. Who knows? Which is funny because, like, that game is ripe for abuse. Oh, you could do all sorts. Like all from, sorts. It's like the mechanics in it and the way you pay for ammo and guns and all that stuff and the customization that's in there it's ripe for abuse <laughs> and it's fitting because take two runs its games the way andrew ryan ran rapture as well just don't bother about the ethics and the morals and, and everything it's pure business yeah and ea runs uh bioware the way the player runs andrew ryan <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Bioware seems to be run more like the fucking Police Academy films. <laughs> the way we fucking heard things going. Jesus Christ, this industry. You know, it says a lot that, like, for my first four or five years in Miracle of Sound, I was mad to get on video game soundtracks. I, like, what? It was like I would always be, like, trying to get, like, stuff in games and things. And I just had. The last couple of years, seeing the way everything's going, I just don't bother anymore. Yeah, I just it's not. And I've hear I I hear stories about how musicians and composers even are treated in those companies, and it makes me not want to be a part of it. Like, yeah, it's a it's a real shame. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're in an industry where where people don't have the effective representation they need to go up against the fucking companies. And so everyone's disposable. Like, like we heard in the Epic um, News this week, the, the report from Polygon, they are bodies. They're not human beings. They're not employees. They're not yeah. contractors. They're not workers. It's yeah. bringing bodies. Use them up. Kick them out. They're people filling seats, doing a job at an unsustainable pace because there will always be people to replace them. Yeah. And I get a lot of comments from people similar to what you said, Gav, like people who studied game development, wanted to get into game development, didn't get in for whatever reason and are fucking glad yeah. hearing all these yeah. fucking stories. I'm, I'm both, both financially and creatively... There's nothing to motivate me to do it right now because you, yeah. I would be paid less for work I wouldn't enjoy and could be kicked off at any moment. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 why so many of these like UK development hubs that used to be the the big places that had um like UK big budget studios have in recent years fallen apart and those communities have not necessarily been sad about it. You've seen a lot of people move to making smaller studios because well, isn't that what Ken Levine? did that's like yeah what? like a, a great example of this is guildford like for, for all of the problems with some developers based in guildford let's not name names but um <laughs> yeah like most of the indie studios in guildford now like have a real aversion to crunch because they they were like the uk's core of crunch for 20 years and were like oh this burned us out and ruined us all let's not put the next generation through this yeah it's it's no wonder the industry's in a, a rut right now, complete, creative, and in some cases, certainly in some ways, financial. 
Um, you can't, people can't thrive in a creative industry where they're being so overworked that they're having literal psychological breakdowns, while at the same time have the threat of layoffs constantly over their head, where work these ridiculous long hours or you'll be fired. Not that we'll actually explicitly say that, but it's heavily implied. While at the same time, be worried that you could just lose your job anyway because of restructuring. Creative careers are, by their very nature, you can't force them to be on all the time. The more you try and force creative work to just happen without end at these ridiculous hours, at a certain point, you're just trying to wring blood from a stone. It's just not going to happen. Unless you're some kind of, like, creative non-stop powerhouse like Max Martin. <laughs> there know? are some people who, as creative individuals, um, throw themselves into their work and, and work very long hours. Um, I work, obviously, uh, constantly all the time yeah. on things. Like, at least once a day I'm doing something, usually. Um, trying to be better about that. But so long as you're dictating your own hours that only affect you, I don't worry about that. It's when you are coercing people, because that's what it is. If you're an employer with that power, you're coercing people into working ridiculous hours that they don't choose, and that's not healthy for them. It's, it's when you're having to do it without the option to stop. Because, like, I, I'm the same as you, Jim. Like, I will work ludicrous hours, but if there is a particular day where I'm like, I just need to not at this second, then that's fine. I can do that. I can have time where I'm not being productive or the most productive thing I can do is go yeah. do something else that's not the project, the, the yeah. thing I'm being told to do. I, I have the luxury of multiple projects to hop between, things like that. Yeah, I go through I go through what could almost be called a crunch period of, of just sort of where I'm intensely working on things that again only really bothers me, um, and it's work I've taken on. But I can do that knowing that if the next day I want to just sit down and watch absolute fucking guffy trash like Z Nation, I can do that, and that can just yeah. be my wasted day. You know, I think that's a that's a way of working that seems to work for a lot of. Uh independence like that definitely for me it's like the last couple of weeks before a song is finished is really intense it's really obsessive mm. non-stop and then i've learned over time to just when the song comes out take four or five days to do nothing yeah well that's kind of that's important as well because yeah. like we overlook this with creative industries if you don't have time to take in other media to do things that aren't making that work to go outside to have experiences to breathe in nothing to, yeah you have nothing creatively to draw from you can't you can't sing a song by only exhaling you need to breathe in you know yeah yeah yep. uh, so yeah that was that was jedi fallen order might have online play um, <laughs> um yeah 50 hours 50 hours once you cross the 50 hour mark on a work week yeah the the returns are no longer there I just want to make sure that's out there. If you're pushing anyone past 50, and you shouldn't be pushing them to 50. Uh, getting flashbacks to Christmas in retail. <laughs> yeah. The moment you cross 50, that's it, and it's already diminishing returns before you get there. But once it's 50, they're too burnt out. So if you're pushing these 70 to 100 hour works week, especially if you're going double that like we hear in some companies, fuck you. You're abusive, you're coercive, and you can keep using the gun-to-head defense all you want. This why we're not forcing anyone to do it. You are. Coercion is manipulation. It is manipulative force. Fuck you. Fraud hack. Out of the business. Shame on you. I, I played some more Cuphead this week. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about the Cuphead. I was thinking of rebuying it because I did play it when yeah. it first came out, but now it's on Switch and I tend to have a bad habit of buying things yeah. that I might not even play. Like, it's my version of Steam, the Switch, now. I bought a game for 19 cents on it this weekend. <laughs> so, I'll say this first. Um, just just email the, the PR people. They, they, they were really super chill about giving me code, even though the first time I covered that game, I was quite... I was on the more negative side of coverage of it there. So it's always worth giving them an ask. You said but... Cuphead's more like cup of shit, if I recall correctly. <laughs> yeah, of course. I, th I think what I said was... Cuphead, more like fuckhead. I was like, beautiful game, amazingly well made. Like, I got to the end of it, but like, the the, the challenge wasn't always there for fun reasons. It was sometimes challenging just because they kind of wanted to be hard. Which is fine. Yeah, before anyone I, I, goes mad. <laughs> I, 
I wanted to try again on Switch because the thing that was getting in my mind was like, you know what is enough to make make me want to go back to that game? It's being able to pick it up, play it in a couple of minute bursts and put it down without having to feel like I've got to boot up a whole console, get the PC up and running. Like the kind of thing where it goes, if I just want to pick this up for five minutes on a train and have a go at a level, sure. If I don't get through it, that's fine. I I didn't I didn't sit down and dedicate my day to this, mm-hmm. and so far that's that's really borne out. Like I've had a better time with it, being able to be more pick up and play with it. Um, additionally, that switch port is like, it is it is a perfect port. There is no I I can't see anything that's uh, that's wrong with it. Uh, I, I was curious about this. I went and checked out Digital Foundry's coverage of it, and apparently resolution, you can't tell a difference. Frame rate is rock solid, perfect, the same as the console ports. It's got, like, maybe an extra second or so of load times compared to the Xbox One X version, but it's like, this is a really damn good port. So I, I still think that it's not always the most... It's not always designed to be fun. Yeah. But I'm having more fun with it on a revisit. That's good. Knowing, like, well, I finished this once. If I don't finish it again, that's fine. I did it once. I can just jump in, play a level, and not stress about I'm not ever going to finish this game. Uh, Holly Green at Pace Magazine did a nice uh, article about Cuphead on Switch, saying mm. that the it was actually the button placement um, on the Switch made her enjoy mm. Cuphead a lot more because... Uh, it's a lot easier than on another controller or the keyboard to hold down the shoot button and run yeah. at the same time. Um, it reminds me of my um, how much Shovel Knight went up in my estimation when I went from the DS version to the Switch version. Yeah, i i wouldn't have I wouldn't have put that together if you hadn't said it. But that is that is definitely a factor in my enjoyment. It definitely, huh? That's a real good point. <laughs> Holly does some good work on Paste. I I, I yeah. recommend. I, I rate her articles. People should uh, yeah. disclosure. I, I've worked with her before, and we've gone drinking in Seattle. Um, I don't think that's a secret that I know Holly Green, but she's been doing some really good stuff lately. There's a a nice article that I still need to get around and properly read uh, on the division and loot and and stuff yeah. like that. But but yeah yeah good stuff. Um, Holly Green do good work. Yeah yeah. So I am tempted to get uh, Cuphead again. Um, I. Here's the thing, yeah. it, it, I'm I'm definitely enjoying it more than I did the first time round for what it's worth. Mm-hmm. So, and it's it's it is a, a port with no compromises, so it's not a bad thing to retry. Certainly, certainly. Yeah. Uh, what about what about you both? What have you been playing? Bloodborne. <laughs> <laughs> how 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 deep in are you, Gav? How how deep have you made it back into Bloodborne? It's, it's my fifth play, and I'm getting to the part now that really frustrates me, which is the nightmare of Mensis. Uh, that part always makes me get angry. From the from the the eye giving me frenzy to the stupid brain things giving me frenzy. I hate all oh, those fr- fucking singing. I hate frenzy, yeah. and you have to do that part if you want to level your weapon up to ten. Like no, <laughs> nightmare is right for that fucking area. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's like actually, it's funny enough visually. It's one of my favorite areas ever in a game. But uh, between the bell ringing woman and between the 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 brains and all that frenzy and those weird enemies in the castle who just have weird erratic attack patterns. Thankfully, Murgo's wet nurse is a really fun boss at the end, though. Oh yeah, but uh, yeah, well, fucking what a game, you know. It's really, uh, I can never decide what my favorite FromSoft game is, but every time I'm playing Bloodborne, it's Bloodborne, you know? I, 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 Bloodborne, I think, is the one that I most often would answer is my favorite of their games. Yeah. Um, I, I did have a bit of a laugh while you were talking about it there, because I saw someone on Twitter the other day, and I see this every now and then, someone was talking about Twitter being like, I saw some people saying Bloodborne was about about women and their menstrual cycles and 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 but childbirth and thing. That's oh, that's not right. And I'm just listening to you describe about the wet nurse and the nightmare yeah. of menses. Oh, and, we've and talked like, about this before. It, yeah, we've talked it, about this before, but it's, it's just <laughs> it's literally about. I mean, well, I can't. It's a bit spoilery, but there are well, there are huge unsubtle themes of birth <laughs> and uh, menstruation and yeah, that's. That's one of the driving fucking things. Yeah. And, and it just, 
I I was like, I, I knew that that was a stupid thing they'd said, and it wasn't until I listened to you talk about it again. I was like, ha, ha, ha. Well, this is like when I did that that Jimquisition about the politics in Tom Clancy's The Division 2, and someone replied with, well, I don't think everything has to be political. Like Star Wars, it's just a story about good versus evil. Well, yeah, I know, I know. Good don't versus, even, don't even good try. Good versus evil, and where the good and evil are defined, yeah. and one of them is fascism. You'll actually lose your mind trying to respond to it because it's just there aren't words to to emphasize what's so wrong about that yeah. statement. Yeah, but people that's... are gonna, you know, people gonna people. I'm very sorry, random dude, but yes, Bloodborne is about <laughs> vagina blood. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, why'd they put blood in the vagina that I'm, I like? Oh. You know, massive, tentacly, wrinkly, disgusting, ancient being vaginas, but yeah. vaginas nonetheless. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, don't discount tentacle being vaginas. Bloodborne is literally only about how cool that sore is when it turns into a bigger sore. Just like how Final mm. Fantasy VII is only about how cool Sephiroth looked when he walked into the fire. And Metal Gear Solid is only yeah. about how cool uh, Solid Snake is because he smokes a cigarette. Bloodborne is only about the challenge. If you're, not, if you're playing it for any other reason than the challenge, you may as well just watch a, a walkthrough, you know? You're playing the game wrong. Yeah, you're doing it wrong. Any From Software game, it's only about how hard it is. It might as well not even have graphics. It might as well just be a list of stats. <laughs> just a spreadsheet with you died written in all of the boxes and one box that says you won. Yeah. Anyway, Bloodborne is a, is, is a masterpiece and I love it. And I'm really dreading doing the DLC again because <laughs> that, that yeah. I remember causing me extreme levels of frustration. Oh, that's some tricky stuff. Yeah. Lawrence. Oh, fuck Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, one of the worst days of my life was the day dedicated to that fuckface. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I'm overblowing it, but it was a it was a rough a rough afternoon, I think. Mm, I still haven't beaten um The Orphan of Cars actually, and I'm really not looking forward to trying that. <laughs> mm. I think on my last playthrough that's around where I was when I uh put it down. And then didn't get back round to it. Um, that was my last playthrough. I think I was in that area. The one boss I've yet to beat is the Orphan of Cars. Just dreading it. <laughs> anyway. 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 Bloodborne is still great. Yeah. What about you, Jim? I've been playing a game that ain't as good as Bloodborne. It is a yeah, PS4 yeah. exclusive. Um, it is. Is it about menstrual blood, though? No, no. Oh. Although it does have a rant about gun control in it. I don't know what it is about these games and gun control lately, um, but there is a truther character who bangs on about it. Um, and it's all right. It's days gone. It's fine. If you're expecting Sony to continue its run of high-quality published titles, it ain't. It's a noticeable step down in terms of quality across the board, in terms of gameplay, story, graphics, everything. It's fine, though. It's a zombie game. It's zombies. I've I've got one initial question, and this is the thing I've been asking since I saw the first trailer: is how much is does it just feel like? Uh, how do I word this? How, while you're playing it, how much does it make you think you want to be playing The Last of Us instead? Uh, it makes you think of The Last of Us a lot. Basically, it cribs shamelessly from The Last of Us, from Red Dead Redemption, from. Games similar to, not as strongly, similar to Horizon Zero Dawn and Far Cry. I was just going to say, which is fine if you do it well, like Horizon did. Yeah, well, the problem is, is it, it takes all these elements and fails to transplant any of the charm from those other games. So it's doing everything right, quote unquote, but it's doing it without any really originality to itself, without, without writing that stands out, without zombies that stand out. They're so boring. They're just angry, half-naked people that look a bit manky. Um, I was very disappointed when I met like the first variant zombie, and it was just a standard bald, big, muscles, roar. Yeah. Just standard, big, strong zombie. And for, for all the complaints you had about World War Z the other week, at least that was 
trying to do something interesting with its zombies, even if it was kind of breaking. Well, yeah, the swarms, the the swarms in World War Z are way better than the hordes in Days Gone. They made that a big selling point before Days Gone came out. The giant hordes. Um, which somewhat explains why the graphics aren't as good, but it's not really worth the trade-off because the hordes, in the days and days I've been playing this, it's a very long game, I'll give it that, hordes have come up a handful of times. Most of the experience of the game is like a handful of zombies or a bandit camp of bandits because an open-world game has to have bandit camps. Um, And it's just groups of them that you sneak around and stab up. Uh, That's why you were... (laughs) That's why you were bitching about bandit camps on Twitter. They're in everything now. Um, so anyway, yeah, bandit camps up the wazoo. Um, every now and then you'll stumble across like a hundred zombies in a horde and it can look impressive and intimidating, but they're mostly just annoying. It's just, oh, they've surrounded the gas can I need and I could try and fight them all, but I'll lose all of my ammo doing it and they might surround me. And if you get surrounded by a horde, you're dead in a second. So you can't push out. And do, do they give you like, um, do they give you options then with dealing with, with the horde that are like, uh, or is it just waste all your ammo? It's, it's a lot of weapons. You can craft, the crafting system is liberally taken from The Last of Us. You can craft molotovs and bombs and things and they help. There are some areas that are geared up more for fighting them. Um, there's a particular horde that's sort of by a lumber mill and you can pull down like wooden beams and shut things up behind you. Um, but that's more about options to get away from the horde. Because even though it's, it tells you and the loading screens make it clear that they are fightable, they, that you can combat the horde and whittle it down, it just doesn't feel like it's worth it. It just feels like it's better to just wait for them to go away. Like wait for it to turn day, daytime for them to wander into a cave or just come back later. Okay, so what I'm not understanding here is um, how is that reconciled with the game's progression then like is this just a case of you'll find the horde out in the open world is it and they might have oh you you don't have to engage with the horde at all to earn points and things and um, most of do my they guard like unique items or stuff or is there like a reason for it existing that you need to they find? they basically they can block areas you want to go to which isn't a challenge it's just annoying um there was one thing where I knew where a gas can was and the bike had run out of fuel. Don't get me started on the art of motorcycle maintenance in this fucking game. Oh dear. Um, it's constantly fixing the bike, fueling the bike. I hope you like it, watching an image of a man slowly pouring gas into the fuel tank of a motorcycle. Uh, but anyway, ran out of it. I knew where a, a fuel can was because it was right by a, an outpost. But a horde was between me and there. And I didn't know exactly where it was, so I'd still have to wander around and look for it a bit. But there was just no getting through them. I tried. Um, and if one of them spots you, the horde have a sort of hive mind mentality, they explain. So if you're spotted, you're running from a lot of zombies. Um, and the reward just isn't there. I, I felt no reward for clearing out a horde. Um, you, you get a steady flow of XP from combating zombies that are just out in the wild, not part of a group. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing. Hordes are quite rare, um, which is funny because they made it sound like, in trailers and stuff, like constant swarms of things. It's not. There are sometimes you'll see a swarm and hide from it a bit, unless you are, like, swimming in ammo. Um, most of the time, it's like you'll stumble across five zombies or so. And you hide in bushes and throw rocks. The rock is the most powerful weapon in the game, by the way. So the sw- so the swarm then I'm I'm taking it is that you uh, it's more like Dead Rising, where it's an obstacle to, to go past to get something rather than like an epic fight that you have to complete. That's how it felt to me. That's how it felt to me. Um, it's it's the thing slowing you down and padding the game out because it's yeah. like ah you <laughs> you are in the way of where I want to be. It feels more like they're just showing off. They're just showing off how many zombies they can get on a screen. Like, it looks like Dynasty Warriors with zombies, but it doesn't play that way. Um, But yeah, for the most part, you're seeing, like, you know, you'll go to an abandoned town, and there'll be, like, maybe ten zombies whole throughout the whole thing. Um, And you've got melee attacks. I quite like the melee. It takes a little bit from God of War. Um, It's a bit messier than God of War, um, with sort of close-up cameras and stuff. Um, and very visual 
indicators of when to dodge and when to hit. Combat is basically like earlier Uncharted games when it comes to ranged combat. I don't like the way any of the guns feel. Um, And stealth is ridiculously powerful, thanks to the rocks. You've got an infinite supply of rocks. Not only can a, uh, a potential target hear the rock from like a mile away, you can even, by throwing the rocks at certain distances, choose who hears the rock. You can just choose who gets to hear the rock. So if you're like, that one looks easier to pick off from the crowd than that one, I'll throw it at this bit of wall. They'll come right up to the bush that I'm sat in, like in um, State of Decay. If you're in a bush, they can't see you at all. And then just stab them up. And then do it again. Throw another rock, bring someone along. They won't notice the body on the floor. Stab them up. My advice to anyone playing this game, the rock is the BFG 9000 of this game incredibly powerful um i'd be very cross if someone decided i can't hear the rock yeah yeah everyone wants to hear Dwayne's words of wisdom but yes um it's all right i i I will say that i found myself settling into what they call the uh, you know the gameplay loop Mm. and if you get into the flow of it sort of going into a base, getting a mission, going out, going in, picking things up, crafting, throwing bombs, like, all very standard stuff, but it's satisfying enough. Um, but it's just got a lot of annoying fiddly things, like the zombies can be a pain in the ass. The, the bike is constantly getting damaged and running out of fuel, fast travel costs fuel, if you don't have enough fuel you can't fast travel, if you do fast travel without realising how much fuel's been spent, you might spawn in your fast travel location with an empty bike (laughs) and then you're fucked Mm. um you can pay to get it recovered somewhere but it's just a pain in the ass um what else was i gonna say sometimes it's it's one of them games that do that thing where sometimes a mission doesn't trigger until you get a a, a, like a radio call from an npc Mm. and sometimes you don't get those calls if you're in the settlement with the npc so you've got to ride out of the settlement Wait for the call. The mission starts in the settlements. You've got to turn right round and go back into it. It's one of those fucking games. Um, so just lots of little things like that. There's lots of little complaints. Does it have linear story parts or are they mostly done out in the open world? Uh, they, it's actually a fairly linear game in terms of storytelling. They try and clothe it up by giving you these, what they call storylines. There are... There's like a dozen storylines pertaining to different characters, and each story mission can unlock bits of those storylines. In practice, it's just linear storytelling, but they've actually tricked me into being more invested in it because it's telling me there are all these different branching storylines to be concluded in their own way, even though you don't really choose the order. You just play the game as normal. It's pure artifice, and it works. So I'm I'm somewhat impressed at how they actually made that work. For what is, for the most part, rather humdrum storytelling. It sounds like something that I'd kind of happily jump in and out of when I need to kind of pass the time in a not-so-intense way. I think a lot of people will. Yeah, I think people will like it. I I can't see many people loving it, and I can't see many people remembering this a year from now. But I I, I could happily recommend it to certain types of people who I could... I think you would like it, Gav. It can be another Crackdown 3 for me. (laughs) Yeah, like, you're someone who's a lot more sort of... You like that... I I don't want to put thoughts into your head, but sort of a more casual gameplay loop, something yeah. that you can oh, yeah, definitely. settle into almost like a stress ball zen, kind of experience. experience. Yeah. And that that's where Days Gone has some charm. And that's what I've been doing this week. Whenever I've got downtime, I'm like, yeah, I can just turn that on again and make some progress. It's okay, just be like Grey. You can say, Gav, you shit taste. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's it's fine. And, and World War Z actually does the swarming mechanic better. Um, even though it's a cheaper, more rubbishy game, um, the, the zombie pyramid stuff actually makes the zombies mm. look, even though it's not as visually interesting. Actually, no, it's more visually interesting. It's just technically lower than than days gone but those zombies feel more like a a frightening swarm to me than the ones in days gone which look intimidating because of their size but eh, eventually that sheen wears off the the only other question i had about this is 
how is the length feeling? Because I've been hearing it's like it's a long game. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I, I think I mentioned at some point during my long rambling rant just yeah. now. I think I mentioned it is a uh, to give it that credit. It's fucking long. Yeah, I know some people have put like 30, 40 hours into it already. I've had the game for, I think, over a week. Um, Embargo's up on Thursday. Mm. Um, Basically, Embargo will be up before this goes out, but I've had it well over a week. And I'm, right now at the time of talking, I'm still getting through it. If if you're the sort of person that wants to push through it, does it feel like it's, that's an option? Or is it, is it one of those, it's going to need to be a long commitment uh, i i've done everything as it's come up i've not gone out of my way to hunt for collectibles or find all the landmarks in the game but mm. i've done every story mission as it comes up i've done every optional job for character they're like bounty hunting things i've cleared every bandit camp i've come across um whenever i've learned of there are like these nero lab installations that have like upgrades in them um anytime something on the map has come up visible i've gone and done it um, and I've gone and done all as every time the stories come up as well. So I've done all the content as it's presented without going out of my way. Okay. And that's taken me well over a week. And I'm, I don't even know if I'm anywhere near the end. I just don't know. Because I'm at a point where the plot is meandering so much. I already felt like I hit a conclusion. And then just way more game happened. And now it's treading water. And, and so I've got no idea where we're at or what's being built to now. That's really interesting. There's just a, there's a lot of it. Yeah. There's a lot of it, and none of it's bad. I can't even say, as, as sort of humdrum and by the book this game is, I can't say I've ever felt truly bored by it. I'm just not dazzled by it either. I'm just like, oh, it is zombies, and also annoying in yeah. places, but it's got its niceness-is. It's got its nicenesses, it's, it's I suppose. It's niceties. It's nice. It is. There's there we are. A real word. Um, yeah, it's 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 all right. And also, fuck the game for trying to do the Red Dead Redemption thing of putting in a, a song with lyrics while you're riding from one area to another without having done anything to earn it. It happens at such a point where I'm like, this feels random. Hang on, can you not just do that like GTA style? Do you not have a rate? Oh, of course you don't, because it's a fucking zombie game. Yeah, there's no radio, uh, not that I've found yet. There's no, th- there's no three dog. <laughs> no, they do the. Um, every now and then, you do get radio broadcasts from the Truther guy, um, but for the most part, it's it's just the sound of the bike being really loud. Is it a good song at least? It here's the thing, the song's really good. It's hard to enjoy because it doesn't feel earned and it feels cynical. It, it's the moment Bend Studio said. We are doing the Red Dead thing. And that's yeah. all it, that's what it's communicating to the player. Not this is an important moment in the story. It's look at us be Red Dead. It's a really good song. The second time they do it, it's also a really good song. And at that point, the second time they do it, because they do this fucking twice, they've somewhat earned it at that point, but they already spent the credit the first time, so it doesn't work still, because you're just thinking about the time they blew their wad the first time. Just You should have just done one song, Bend. Um, yeah. I was just going to say, speaking of that, it's pretty impressive how uh, the first Red Dead, the way they used the Jose Gonzalez song, I was there like, how could you possibly use a song in a better way in a video game? And then Red Dead 2 is like, hold my beer. <laughs> yeah. And then Days Gone is like, we can do that. And then it just falls on its face. They are really good songs. The soundtrack's really good. The voice acting is incredible um, for what is, you know, generic dialogue. You're going to laugh at me, but you know who's really fucking good at putting uh, licensed songs in their games is Ubisoft. There's a bit in, uh, I think it was Splinter Cell, where this DJ Shadow song is playing while you're finding out some important plot details. And it's seriously just one of the coolest moments in a game. I'm not going to laugh at you for that. I can't fault Ubisoft its presentation. I think it was Black... I don't know if it was Blacklist or, or whatever. It's, it'll be easy to Google DJ Shadow and Splinter sure. Cell. Um, DJ Shadow's a good outfit. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, they do it well. Um, Supergiant's always done well with, like, music with lyrics. 
in their games. Um, the, the marriage of music to visual, some call it lazy if you use licensed work. And when you look at something like Suicide Squad, it can be. But I don't think it's lazy all the time. Finding the right music to marry to the visuals in your game or your film or whatever, I think that is itself a form of art. I'm always fond of the perfectly placed bit of licensed music. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's just they, they did not conform to that art in, in, yeah. in Days Gone. They were too desperate to look important and emotional without actually being important and emotional. I mean, who doesn't remember that song from the end of the first Mass Effect? Oh, what? When they like, did S Club 7's Reach for the Stars? Show me one person who didn't sit through the entire Mass Effect 1 credits just to hear that fucking cool song. I liked it when they did Space Oddity and Alan Wake. Yeah. Oh, uh, Alan yeah. Wake was really good that mm. way. It made a really good use of its licensed soundtrack. Mm. Kojima as well is good at it. He knows how to use a good bit of music. Yeah. One other thing about Days Gone. Uh, just one last thing I want to say. They can't decide. The game can't decide what its protagonist is. Because in cutscenes, he is the most generic. Again, well-performed, but written as the most generic white guy protagonist for most of it. This the Deacon St. John. He sounds like... He, he's written like he should be called like Jake or Jacob or one of those other really generic video game protagonist names. In gameplay, however, when you're sneaking around bandit camps, like stabbing people up or whatever, he's like constantly sounding like he's a survivalist who's like gone wrong. Just this constant, yeah, you fucking like that, do you? That's your fight, that. You're robbing and killing people. Yeah, yeah, you son of a bitch. Yeah. And it's, it's actually great. And I'm like, why isn't he acting like that all the time? I actually want to see a zombie apocalypse game where the protagonist is quite realistically strung out and warped after everything he's had to do. And mentally disturbed, yeah. Just utterly gone. And and it, the game doesn't reconcile the two. So in gameplay, he's one thing. In cutscenes and story, he's another. And this happens to other characters as well. There's one character who gets very drunk for a reason I won't spoil, but gets very, very drunk. And in gameplay audio, he sounds pissed, completely, like sloshed on the booze and he's stuttering and slurring and stumbling his words Lenny! Lenny! and then a cutscene plays and he's just straight normal serious character again then the cutscene stops and he's back to drunken almost comedic and it's it's all over the place mm. it's weird but but way better characters come out in during incidental game dialogue than they do in the cutscenes. And that's a weird thing f for me. It's very jarring and, and very frustrating because Deacon St. John as a character is ripe to be more like the actor portrays him during just in-game muttering. Um, it just, it, it's a shame that the real story doesn't bear that out. Um, that was one of my favourite things in Dragon Age Inquisition, how like some of the best character moments were when you were just wandering around. Mm. They would start chatting to each other. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, other things this week. Uh, I played one other game this week that we can uh, we can talk about. I think I think Embargo's like 2 o'clock. Was it Bloodborne? UK time on, on Thursday. It wasn't Bloodborne, amazingly. There's, there's no Embargo on talking about Bloodborne, weirdly. Uh, I played a Nintendo-published game that has been around for ages and they've just re-released on the switch so now i'll try it uh called box boy oh i love box boy yeah but they, they've just released box boy and box girl which is like the th so as i understand it this is an old 3ds game that was mm -hmm. like t you know released like in that period of time where everyone was hyped for the switch so they stopped playing their 3ds's yeah box boy the first box boy came out I think a little bit before that, and then they brought out. I think it may have been it may have been Box Girl. They brought out next or Box Boy Two or something. The sequel came late, but I played yeah. both of them. Really liked them. Yeah. So I finally got. This is the first time I've gotten around to them because I, you know, I checked out on the 3DS considerably before it was done. I was like, no, I'm ready for the next thing. Yeah. Uh, and this is basically nice widescreen HD'd up, um, like you know. Crisper resolution versions of Box Boy, Box Girl, and like some new additional content. That's a really simple but like really fun puzzle puzzle platformer, huh? Really, really fun, really charming, uh, cute little game because I think it's by Hal, so obviously it's cute. It's such a simple concept. It's you play a it's a, it's a black and white side on game where you play as this little box with like eyes and legs, 
And you can basically, like, extrude boxes out of yourself to make, like, basically, like, Tetris shapes. Um, and you either can, like, throw them or hold them above yourself or, like, use them to hook onto things, or you can, like, unretract the line of them and, like, get sort of pulled along to where the furthest one got to. And it's all just about working out how to use the ability to make squares come out of yourself that have to be in contact with you and with each other on flat faces to progress through puzzle environments. It's a really clever little puzzle game. It's, it's wonderful. It's so simple, but they find so many ways to play with the formula. It's great. The, the one I keep trying, feeling like I should compare it to is something like Portal, in that it's such a simple core set of mechanics that's just iterated on in really interesting ways. Like, it's not got that narrative layer that, that's a big part of Portal's draw, necessarily, but mechanically, it's it's equally just, like, very, very simple mechanics, and they don't really give you extra mechanics as you go along. It's just, we'll teach you bit by bit how to do cooler stuff with the limited tool set you have. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, not much else to say about it other than if if you're like me and you you, you were aware of Box Boy, you saw it in Nintendo Direct, so I'm like, yeah, it's a 3DS game, I'm not getting that. Get it on the Switch. It's It's a real good game. The Nintendo Direct presentation on Box Boy uh, is where that um, quote that I have on the Jimquisition comes from, with Bill Trinan saying, "Life's good when you're a ninja block." Yeah, that's that's the context for that. Yeah, I that's the thing. I I know about Box Boy. I've seen it in I, I've seen it advertised and stuff. I knew it was like a puzzle game that Nintendo had that was exclusive to them. I just I wasn't gonna dig my 3DS out for it. If it wasn't Detective Pikachu, it 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 passed me by. I feel like a lot of people did that. I hope the Switch gives it a little bit more success because it really is a... It's such a lovely little game. The Switch... It getting a Switch release. Like, it's got a demo on the Switch. Go... If nothing else, go download the free demo. Check it out. Like, it's... It's a really fun little little game, that. And it had completely flown by me. Like, I imagine it did for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I think we've got a couple of other very quick things. Um... Uh, the only other thing I note, really, Microsoft got in a little bit of trouble because they showed off a trailer for their, like, discless Xbox One in which they showed Halo 5 having, having multiplayer. It, it doesn't have multiplayer. They, they they invented that in a trailer and then had to go, oh, sorry, bah. just because we showed multiplayer doesn't mean multiplayer exists. Bah! Uh, yeah. And I, I, think, I, think that's, I think that's it for, for this week. I feel an important thing as well this week is to uh, extend condolences to the nerd fandom this weekend because between Endgame and the Battle of Winterfell, I just yeah. don't think our hearts are ready. <laughs> oh, I saw your um, your tweet about the two Grim Reapers high-fiving yeah. or whatever they were doing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's going to be a lot of nerd-based mourning. Yeah. So yeah. The, the, the night that we're recording, the, the day we're recording this... I'm going to see Endgame in, like, five hours. I have to make a flight to Germany, like, three hours after that film finishes its midnight showing. Wow. But I was like, if I, if I don't watch it at midnight the night it comes out, I'm going, I'm going abroad until, like, Tuesday of next week. There's no way it wouldn't get spoiled for me. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe both of them will work out great and no one will die in either of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't that be great? So 3am, the day that this podcast goes up, 3am, I will have gotten out of Endgame exhausted and emotionally devastated, probably. It's going to be a fun night. I think it will be sad if they kill Thanos after the fans shipped him and Ant-Man so well. Yeah, I know. Just, just you know, let Ant-Man consensually crawl up inside that ass and let them do, do what they're... They're not hurting Stay anyone. there like his little intergalactic lemmywinks. It'd be yeah. great. <laughs> Oh goodness! Uh, seeing that on Friday, Justin's got his tickets for Throne Game. Mm. Um, the Game of Thrones has been quite fun so far. We're only two episodes in. I won't talk plot at all, but I'm not like Polygon. I'm not going to give you the spoilers and the fucking headlines. Uh, they did that last season so bad. Fucking and Gamespot did that too this week. Yeah, did they? Fuck yeah. them! Don't do it. 
I, I thought I was really behind on Game of Thrones, and then I started reading a plot summary to be like, oh yeah, how far in did I get? And I was like, oh, I, I was up to like on, only like a season behind, so I've been catching up. I, I In my brain, I was like, oh yeah, I only ever watched up to like season three of that show, and I stopped watching, and then I was reading through, I was like, oh no, I know all of this, I, yeah, I, okay, I got further than I remember. That recent, uh, last week's episode was one of the best ones, I thought. I liked how, how downbeat it was, but like in a real... A lot of little character moments. Yeah, like very... Uh, downbeat isn't the word, downplayed. Yeah. It was very relaxed, very calm before the storm kind of thing. Mm. People have pointed out that it was very much like... Uh, and I agree, it was very much like the chapter in The Witcher before the big battle where they all just get drunk together. Mm. And it was also very much like that final, second last chapter of Mass Effect 3 where you hang out with all your friends. and it, just... It's like the, the Citadel DLC for Mass Effect 3. It's yeah, the, yeah. let's all just have some character time because everyone's going to die soon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was also, it felt like an extended version of the opening scenes of the Battle of Blackwater as well, mm. just... Let's focus on the the characters and but yeah 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 great. I don't want to talk too much plot because like I say I don't want to game spot or yeah. polygon this up. <laughs> uh, I just I whenever a character in that show completes an arc, I get very scared. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, I did want to say I'm excited for a thing. You know how I was grumbling about how um, Nintendo Labo, there's no way to wear it with a head strap. Mm. Uh, so, someone someone on Twitter, Alex Blackmore. Has gone and made a 3D printed plastic Labo headset that can have a strap so you don't have to hold it up, and they're sending me one. Oh, so nice. Th thank you to them, because I, I was doing a moan about it, and they were like, I got a 3D printer, I, I'm, I'm doing this thing, do you, do you, do you want one? So I'm, I'm very That's excited to, to try out Labo VR without aching my arms the whole time. For sure. So hopefully I'll, 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 have, I'll have that to talk about next week, hopefully. Hmm. Alright, should, should we wrap up there for the week? Yeah, sounds yeah. good to me. Um, Laura, where can people see your things on the internet? Me, Laura K Buzz, pretty much everywhere. Twitter, Twitch and YouTube. Uh, by the time this episode goes up, I will be in Germany for the Pokemon World Championships. Uh, so, if you're, if you're in Berlin and playing Pokemon at that championships, I'll be around watching a bunch of people play Pokemon and probably talking about it eventually. Um, other than that, I've got a couple of books. Uncomfortable Labels comes out on July 18th. Things I Learned from Mario's Butt is finished. We're currently waiting on a release date to be confirmed. I'm on Dice Funk. It's a Dungeons & Dragons podcast. I'm on seasons 3, 4, and 5. They're all self-contained. I think that's about it. Alrighty. And Gav, where can people hear your things on the internet? You can search for Miracle of Sound on YouTube, and you can hear my brand new Sekiro song which is out now and uh, that's getting a really nice response that that song is getting a much nicer response to me talking about how I found the game kind of hard at times <laughs> <laughs> I mixed ja lots of Japanese folk instruments with uh, some more western rock style and it's going down really really well so go listen to that it's called what the fuck is it called oh, it's called Rebirth so go listen to that uh, it's also on Spotify and iTunes and all that stuff. And you can also support me on Patreon if you want to help keep me in this job. And that is also Miracle of Sound. Tremendous. Um, You'll mostly know my stuff. Um, May 18th um, should be, if all goes to plan, there'll be a wrestling show, PWE show here in... in the old Mississippi. Um, you might want to get to that one if you can, or if you're you've been local and have been interested. I know some people have, um, because if all goes to plan, that will be the night that we see Stardust's final evolution, uh, which I've been very much looking forward to. I'm just trying to negotiate a a good way to present it. I might end up just coming out with the new stuff on, but there's some new stuff. Have you used the line, this isn't even my final form? Not yet, but I am thinking of presenting this as, as Stardust's <laughs> final form, uh, although it will still be using the Sterling name. Um, but, my God, I'm looking at, I'm looking at the, the costume right now and I'm, I'm very pleased. Um, Emily did an amazing job. You and Simon Miller should have a match against each other. <laughs> We've teased it. I, I'm down any time. 
um, anytime he's in the US uh, and I'm in the UK and, and we find a promotion that's willing to do it, uh, I'm I'm down to... Let's uh, get him on here soon as well. Like, it's a pretty quiet couple of months for games coming up, isn't it? Yeah. So it's like, probably, this is like the perfect time to get like Simon and Dodger and, and you mentioned H- H-Bomb as well. Yeah, let's actually get some guests on. Yeah. Um, I'm sure I could get Simon. I've done, I've, I've appeared on his podcast a few times. Um, he's a, he's a great guy. Um, very positive man. Yeah. You'll fit in well here. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll work on that. Um, but anyway, until then, thank you to everyone for listening to this show, what we do. Uh, thank you in advance for telling me how to do my job and recommending me a good microphone and soundboard and everything. Thank you. And we'll see you next time. We'll see you next week with your broken hearts. Yes. <laughs> Bye. 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 Oh, I hope they don't kill the Night King. I want him to get together with Cersei. <laughs>